singers and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We move on today to verses 26 through 28 of Acts chapter 14. Here in these verses, Luke concludes his account of Paul's first missionary journey. On our previous study, taken from verses 21 through 25, we saw Paul and Barnabas leave Derby, the pivotal point of this first missionary journey, and retrace their steps passing through each of the cities that they had previously visited. Luke tells us that they revisited these churches in order to strengthen the believers and encourage them to remain true to the faith. They also appointed elders in each of the churches. Now we come to today's study and here are verses 26 through 28. Finally, they returned to Antioch where their journey had begun and where they had been committed to God for the work now completed. Upon arrival, they called together the believers and reported on their trip, telling how God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. And they stayed there with the believers at Antioch for a long while. Leaning on you. 
Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch to give a report of the work because this is the church that had sent them out. They revealed that God had now definitely opened the door of the gospel to Gentiles. When the gospel started out, the churches were comprised entirely of Hebrews. Then they became partially Gentile. And now the gospel is going definitely to the Gentiles. Now the churches in Asia Minor are comprised entirely of Gentiles, although there may have been some Jews in these churches, it seems that in most places the Jews rejected the gospel and the Gentiles received it. Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. The world's first Christian missionary trip is about to be concluded. It's time to pack up and go home. Paul and Barnabas are on their way back. They make their way from the interior of South Central Asia Minor, now Turkey, and walk down to the Mediterranean coast seaport of Atalia. Atalia was the port city for Perga, some eight miles upstream. The name of the ancient port city, Atalia, is still discernible in the name of the modern city, Antalya. Atalia was given its name by Atalus II, king of Pergamum. This port city was built and fortified by this king. It became an important seaport, even minting its own coins. Later, Pompey, the Roman general, made this Atalia his headquarters for his campaign against the pirates in 67 B.C. From this port city, Paul and Barnabas set sail for Syria and the city of Antioch on the Orontes River. They arrived home at Antioch, evidently without incident. Their travels had taken them over 700 miles, that is, well over 1,000 kilometers by land and 500 miles by sea. They had been away between one and two years. To be sure, these two missionaries were anxious to report back to the sending church. Immediately after landing, they called the church together. No doubt the church was anxious to hear from their workers. The language Luke uses here at the end of Acts 14 indicates that it took more than one meeting to report at all. These missionaries were given time to report, something modern-day missionaries are often denied. Luke doesn't record much of Paul's report. They reported that God had worked through them. What had happened on the trip happened by the grace of God. This church had commended them to the grace of God when their journey first began, and now they could report that by the grace of God the journey had been completed. The idea of grace keeps cropping up in this report. A second point in their reporting was the fact that God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. That seems to be the remarkable point here. The predominantly Gentile audience in Antioch would have been thrilled at that. There was no question. The Gentiles were invited to come to know Christ too, not just the Jews. While it's not mentioned here by Luke, I'm sure Paul must have shared some of his experiences of suffering too. I haven't mentioned it before, but reading the account of the trip, I noticed that the hardships were progressive. The hardships he experienced before he got to Lystra were preparatory to the stoning there. Today's hardships toughen us for tomorrow's demands. A new army recruit isn't thrust into the thick of the battle immediately. 
the new recruit is put through arduous toughening training to prepare him for the greater demands to come. By the time Paul got to Lystra, he could take stoning. He was prepared for it. Hardships make us stronger. We need to remember that. They all have a purpose. Let me raise an interesting question. When Paul was stoned at Lystra, did he die? The people left him for dead. He evidently appeared dead. Certainly they would have checked carefully. Or did he just appear dead? Luke doesn't tell us which. If the people were correct in their observation and he really was killed, then God raised him. Or if he was so near death that he was left for dead, then God performed a miracle of healing, since he got up and walked back into the city without even a concussion. Really, it doesn't matter whether he died or not. The point is clear that man is immortal until God decides when he should die. That principle doesn't change, even with all the medical technology at our disposal. God gives life, and God takes it. God wasn't ready for Paul to check out. God had work to do for this apostle. He wanted Paul to go to Rome. Paul must have included the Lystra incident, the stoning, in his report to the sending church. I wish we had Paul's report. We have Luke's account of the trip, but I wonder what Paul would have emphasized. From Luke's account, it appears as though these missionaries emphasized the fact of God's grace and the fact that Gentiles were now full participants in the invitation to receive the good news that Jesus came to forgive man's sin and to justify man before God. This was a momentous event for the new Christian community, the church. Would Christianity be merely a sect of Judaism, or would it become a distinct movement in and of itself? Not only was the Antioch church interested in Paul's report, but the mother church in Jerusalem, 300 miles to the south, was intensely interested also. There were far-reaching implications for Jews and Christians alike. But that's chapter 15 tomorrow. So two big points come out of Paul's first report. Number one, that God is a God of grace. And number two, that Gentiles are full participants in the message and church of Jesus Christ. That was terrific news for those Gentiles in Antioch. God loved them too, pagans. Even the pagans in Perga, Iconium, Pisidian Antioch, Lystra, and Derbe. God's grace excludes none, not any Jew nor any Gentile, no matter how pagan either might be.
radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.